Amen. God is good. Amen. If you're uh, if you're not excited about Jesus after that, okay, there's going to be prayer up here. We're just going to have to get you slain. Um, okay, let's let's go. I like it. Say it, um, man. God is so good and He's so faithful. Um, you'll be happy to know that I have about uh, three and a half hours of notes here, so we're gonna. We're just going to be all day. No, I, I'm going to, I'm going to try and be gracious. And, uh, on, on the part of you that's called flesh, um, that, uh, that gets hungry. Um, but I want to challenge you, um, for the remaining moments, man, just let, uh, that part in you when, when, when Jesus was talking to the disciples, uh, the night before his betrayal, he said, watch and pray that you do not fall into temptation. And he said, the spirit is willing, but the Flesh is weak. How many know we've got weak flesh, right? But the spirit is willing. And when we receive of Jesus, we receive of the Holy Spirit. His spirit is made one with our spirit. So there's a spirit in you when you've received Jesus that's very willing. That's very willing and so willing that it desires that the part of your flesh would yield to what the Spirit is doing. So I want to uh, challenge you. Let's just uh, yield to the Lord and what He's doing. Um, I'm going to, um, yeah, we're going we're gonna to try and be brief here uh, as, as much as possible. Well, let's pray, um, if you will. I don't even know where to tell you to turn, but you, you can turn to Matthew 5, or excuse me, John 15. That might be a good spot to go. John 15, and let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for these testimonies today. Lord, we thank you, Jesus. Lord, that the waters of baptism, God, are, are still as powerful as they've always been. God, we thank you, Jesus. Lord, when you said to John the Baptist, he said, Lord, I'm not worthy to even untie your sandals. You said, let it be so for, that we would fulfill righteousness. Lord, we thank you for your example, God, that you're not just... Um, a way, you're the way. And Lord, we honor you, we revere you, we do say, Lord, you are holy. Kadosh, as we sung in that song, you are holy. You are a holy God, and we come before you, Jesus. People that without you are very unholy, but because of your blood, because we've been bought by you, we can come to you and we can lift up holy hands to you. Lord, we thank you that your word says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And we pray, Lord, by the washing of your blood and by the refining of the Holy Spirit in fire, God, that we might be purified and see you today. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just acknowledge that you're doing a new thing, and we thank you for that. Lord, we ask you to help us, God, to tune in to what you are doing. I just declare authority over every evil every unclean spirit in the name of Jesus in this place. God, I thank you there's liberty this morning. There is deliverance this morning. Lord, I speak over every heart that is hard, every heart that's had a difficult time truly hearing your word, that today, God, your word would pierce and that the rock would be broken and Jesus, you would remove stony hearts and replace it with a heart of flesh. God, we thank you, Lord. We ask you to show us your ways. Show us your glory, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Um, if you haven't heard any of the messages recently, uh, I 
challenge you to go back and look, listen to them. Uh, look at them, listen to them. Uh, we have an awesome media team. Can we just give it up for our awesome media team? We have a bunch of awesome people who make that happen. Um, and uh, we're now on YouTube and Facebook and basically the internet. Um, sorry, that's a bad joke, but um, I, won't, I won't go into that. Um, but man, we're, we're kind of everywhere, and so you can download, listen, stream, whatever it's called, uh, messages, but especially the last uh, several messages have been so critical and crucial, and I believe it's important that we all get into the same sound, the same flow, the same operation of the Holy Spirit. Um, So I encourage you, but there's been this theme around really seeking first, seeking his kingdom first, Uh, and, and scripture says that as you seek first his kingdom, all these things will be added to you. Everything that's needed for life is added as we seek him and put our eyes on him. So um, in that vein, I, I really feel compelled this morning to just speak briefly on the importance, the joy of, the beauty of, the fulfillment of, but also the criticality and the weightiness of the will of God. The purpose of God, the intention of God, God's will and his purpose. I was just thinking about this, and maybe this will loosen you up a little bit. Um, but do you ever think, I just wonder if maybe Jesus, when he was young, you know, there's no written scripture of him when he was young except for when he was 12, and he said, didn't you know I would be about my father's business? Um, and so he's always been up focused on God and the father and his will. But you ever think about what it would have, you know, been like to, you know, be a sibling of Jesus and kind of see him growing up? You know, they had a hard time at the beginning of his ministry taking him seriously, you know. So I just wonder, you know, did Jesus ever practice any of his lines on, on Mary and, and Joseph? You ever just wonder? Like I was just thinking, you know, one of the very first miracles Jesus ever did was at a wedding, right? And what happened? Mary came up to him, Jesus, they need a miracle now. Go ahead. Do your thing. And he says, woman, my time has not come. And I always wonder, you know, like, did that start with, like, Jesus, I need you to go do the dishes. (laughs) Woman, (laughs) my time has not come. Um, You never know. We're we're treading on on careful ground there, but uh, I think there's there's some joy uh, in, uh, in, in this, so... Uh, God is good. I think he's got a good sense of humor, don't, don't you think? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, I, I feel it impressed on my heart that it is time to get in, get in his will, get in his purpose. And, and there is so much that can be spent on finding the will of God, hearing the will of God, discovering the will of God, stepping into the will of God, and all of those things. But I, I really just felt compelled to just highlight God's heart, why he, it is so important to him that we would know his will and that we would walk in it. And I was thinking about this, you know, Jesus, he, the disciples ask him, hey, you pray a lot, God, you, uh, Jesus, you, you're just... Miracles flow wherever we go, and one thing we've noticed is you are always praying. You're always seeking the heart of the Father. You know, it says that he would go away to pray, and Jesus went away to pray, and Jesus went away to pray. He says, go get in the boat, cross over to the other side, I'm going to somehow meet you there. And, uh, and they, they get in the boat, they cr- they're in the middle of, of the sea, and Jesus appears. But where, why, Before he was walking on the water like a ghost, kind of scaring everybody. Where was Jesus? He was praying. He was just being with the Father. 
seeking the heart. Okay, Siri, you're quiet. Um, I didn't even know I had that set up for voice. Okay, but he was seeking the heart of the Father. You need to seek the heart of the Father, Siri. Um, but uh, <laughs> don't know if they, they have an algorithm for that. But uh, he was seeking the heart of the Father, and when his disciples were in the middle of a storm, the Father said, it's time, go, go get the boys. And in the will of God, in the purpose of God, in the positioning of God's heart and his purpose, there is power. There is amazing wonders where Jesus walks on the water because why? He was in the will of the Father. And there's, there's, there's something beautiful about that. But the disciples come to Jesus and they say, you pray all the time and power flows out of that. Will you teach us how to pray? And he begins with pray like this. I'll show you. Our Father, who is in heaven. Meaning, our Father who is not bound by any of the limitations that we experience here on this earth. Father, you're in heaven. You're above all. Hallowed be your name. Your name is to be revered. Your name is to be feared. Your name is to be honored. Your name, when it's spoken, something happens. There's power in your name. And it continues with, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What he's saying is, Father, you who are above, You who are to be revered, that which is living in heaven and not bound by that which is in the earth, I pray that that kingdom reign, I pray that that purpose and the mind of God that is so high above everything on this earth, that it would begin to manifest here on earth as it is already in heaven. And so I believe God is really intent on us knowing His will so that we can, of course, say, God, your will be done, but also individual moments and times where we are walking and understanding this is God's will for right now in this time and in this moment. And I think it's pretty important to Jesus. In Matthew 26, you you can turn there if you want, you don't have to. I'm just kind of giving you a few things. But Matthew 26, 36 through 45, 46 or so, there's the, the encounter in the garden where right before, the night before Jesus is to be crucified, and he begins this time of prayer in the garden. He, he has 12 disciples. Judas is, he's gone. He's on a mission to betray Jesus already. He's got 11 disciples now. He walks with them and he says, We're, it's time to go to the garden to pray, as was his common practice. But then he takes Peter, James, and John. He says, come with me a little further. He's like, okay, I want you guys to pray right here. And it says, then he went a stone's throw further And he goes and he prays, and and you've heard this exchange probably between Jesus and the Father saying, Lord, if it be possible for this cup to pass, let it pass. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. The heart of Jesus is always the will of the Father. Uh, it's, it's beautiful. There's a scripture I'm going to jump ahead in, in John 15. 
In verse 30, it says, I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. This is the night of his crucifix, before his crucifixion. Jesus had already washed their feet. He said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. I'm going to prepare a place for you, all of these things. But then he says, I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world, meaning the devil, he's coming. But he has no part in me. He has no claim on me. He has nothing on me. I just love the, uh, just that boldness of Jesus, the power, the authority, the, the intentionality of his heart, so focused on the will of the Father. He says, he has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me. And I love this in the ESV, the way it says it. I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. Jesus' aim, his purpose, his intention was the will of God, but why? Because he loved the Father. Love births obedience. Obedience is not something we, we should have to strive toward. It's because my heart is fallen in love. I desire the same things that he desires. I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. I pray, Lord, let that be the label on our church. Let that be the label on our lives, God. You know, the, the term Christian, I, I remember sharing this with um, youth time and time again over many years, and the term Christian was never originated by Christians. The world labeled them little Christ. That's Christian. The world labeled them. Why? Because they looked like Jesus. They smelled like Jesus. They sounded like Jesus. They walked like he walked. Look at those. They're just trying to be like little Christ. And here they are raising the dead, healing the sick, casting out demons. That's, that's what I believe God's intention is that the world might see our love for the Father. Our obedience is not something that we conjure. It's something that flows from love. Jesus said, if you love me, you will do my commandments. You, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. It's not prove your love in this. If you want me to like you, do my commandments. No, because if you love me, if you're in my love, if my love abides in you and your love is, is flowing back to me, obeying the commandments of God just flows from that. But I believe this, this not my will, your will be done or the old English, not my will, but thy will be done, which we can still do that. Do you know, I, I read an old, uh, I read King James um, up until I was about, I don't know, 16 years old or so, and I, I was convinced it would make me smarter. I'm not going to lie. I was not, it was not good intentions. It was not um, uh, pure intentions and motives. I, I only read the, the King James because I thought it would make me smarter, and um, shoot, it didn't work. But um, anyway... Uh, so we just, we downgraded New King James, you know, NASB, ESV, what, I'm just joking. Um, as long as it's, it's got the heart of God in it, amen. But not my will, your will be done. I believe that's God's heart. That's something he wants to pull us into. And I think the, the, the it's always our flesh, right? That's always in, in the battle there. But I think if we were to conduct an honest evaluation of our lives, how we live, not just my best intentions, but how we actually live. 
I think it's probably easy to prove that there are times or parts in us that maybe have twisted that flip-flop. Instead of saying, not my will, but your will be done, there might be part of us or times where we operate a little bit more out of a, my will be done, not yours. Right? If we're honest. And it's the, it's the, the love of the Holy Spirit to reveal those things to us. It's the heart of God to lovingly confront those places in our life that are only going to lead to destruction. Right? If my, if my son is walking towards a cliff, it is not love to go, well, let's just help him find his way and just allow him to just figure it out. Right? Like, if he falls off that cliff, he's falling off that cliff. But as a father who loves my child, I'm going to stop! There's destruction over there. If you continue in the way you've been walking, it will lead to destruction. That's love. That's the love of God. And I feel like, the, you know, we, we live in this generation of politically correct, don't offend anybody's heart and all this stuff. Man, Holy Spirit, offend us. Offend us, Lord. Speak to us and let our flesh cringe because you're challenging something that we have excused as okay because we want to feel like it's okay when you're not okay with it and you know that it's going to lead to our destruction. And the my way, not your way, the, the, the McDonald's or whatever, the, is it Burger King? Yeah, you want it my way. Uh, the, the, the Frank Sinatra, I want it my or I did it my way. Uh, we, we ain't doing no Frank, okay? Not my way, or no, no longer of this living, but that, that style, that form of living is idolatry. It, that's what the that's the, that's the, the probably the simplest term to put it in is is idolatry. It's to to put in place something or someone in the place that only belongs to God. Some examples of of this my way versus God's way could could look a little bit like living in church, but still doing it however living my life however I want. This is. Uh, personal for me because uh, I know exactly what that is like because that was how I was living um, in my later teen years or in my early 20s I was you would think hey going to church every day that's why going to church I've t- say this to a lot of people going to church does not make you a Christian that's right. That's right. Christian is Christ like not did the church thing living walking following in him. Jesus did not say, if you abide in my church. He said, if you abide in me. God, he loves us and he wants us to be in him and him in us. But I lived that life. I played the game. I, I, you know, I, I thought I was okay. I thought I was fine. You know, I wasn't smoking and drinking and, and, and whatever else. And, you know, what we kind of put as a label on what's good and what's bad. But I was living my own way. I was not seeking his will for any part of my life. And, and, and it led to, uh, I, man, I was the, coming to the edge of a cliff. And it was the grace of God that stopped me. And, I mean, froze me in love and in power. 
when, when God speaks and he says it's time to change, when he speaks and he says now's the time, you've been living this way, but now I'm going to take you out of that. Man, it's so beautiful because the word isn't just true. It's also the power, the resonant power to bring that change, to bring that transformation. And I believe there's some here today. I believe there's some listening maybe online, whether it's right this moment live or, or in the future. God is wanting to speak to you and, and, and come and confront something in your life, but he doesn't do it out of wanting to bash you and beat you down. He says, I, you've been in the miry clay. You don't even realize you're stuck in quicksand. And I want to pull you out, and I want to put you on the rock. And I want to give you a new song to sing, it says in Psalm 40, that the world might see and fear that God's alive, and he's powerful, and he changes, and he transforms those who will allow him in their life. I've lived it. And I'm telling you, get rid of the idols. Get rid of the my way, God. I want to, we, we, we tr- so often we try and say, okay, God, uh, if your will, or, uh, your will be done as long as your will is A, B, C, and D. <laughs> right? Like that's, that's, that's idolatry. Right? God, I want, your, I want your will as long as it's this or that. If you want anything else, you're going to have to call another person because uh, I'm, I'm worshiping a man-made image. Boom. Um, it's the love of God. We all need this. We all need this. And I'm telling you where God's taken us. He spent 40 years. Pastor Jonathan was talking about this, the promised land, going into the promised land. God spent 40 years removing idolatry. So when they went into the promised land, he had a people ready to listen and walk in his will. And was there power? Oh, you bet. Giants in the land shaking in their boots because they knew Israel was entering the land. Whoo! March around the most fortified city in that day named Jericho. March around it for seven days, seventh day, do it seven times, and the walls just poof. Was there power in walking in the will of God? You bet. But it was obedience. It was love. It was something that had been forged where that which was made of wood, hay, and stubble, we, pray, we were praying this in the prayer room, would be removed. Yes. That God could build things with gold and with silver and precious stones, as it says in 1 Corinthians, uh, I think it's 3. This, this my way, not your way, God can, can look like, some other examples, can look like making compromises and excuses for things that you've accepted in your life that you know God doesn't agree with. I'm just, we're, we're dropping a few bombs today, okay? Some bombs are going off. Um, nuclear. But it, it can look like making compromises and excuses for things you've accepted. Things that your conscience is struggling with. There's that Holy Spirit conviction that you want to silence, and so we start to make up our own truth and our own relative understanding of what is okay. And a lot of times it's based on the, the pattern of this world, but it could be as simple as what I listen to, what I watch, what I spend time with, who I hang out with, what I expose myself to, media, movies, music, you know, whatever, news. But there's something in you that knows deep down God's not totally excited about that. It could also be something like 
looking at the world to excuse things that God has never been okay with, but because of the way that the world lives now, maybe it's okay now. Like sex outside of marriage. Like pornography. Like swallowing a pill because I don't feel good today and I need some hope, I need some joy, I need to forget how I feel. Anything that replaces God as our source for everything is worshiping another God. I love the song today. Oh, we will not bow before the images of man. Amen? It could be simple as convincing yourself that what God maybe put in your heart isn't, maybe isn't that important and we're just going to do something else like Jonah, you know. I was like, I, I think I'd rather go to Joppa. It could be convincing yourself it's okay to not forgive someone who has wronged you because it was just too much. And I know I'm dropping bombs. I'm, this is not uh, intent. We're not trying to, I'm not trying to, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, poke more than I need to poke. But the Holy Spirit is here to set us free. And in His love, change us forever. And this, this, uh, this, this form of, of, of idolatry, it, it's just simply, I, I prefer to live for what is created as opposed to living the, for the one who created me. But the good news is, God, He's up to a good work, and He's up to a new thing. And so I, I, uh, I'm going to share a few brief points, and then we're going we're gonna to close out here with just a time, I, I believe, of just responding to the Lord. My son, I already said this, but love, love produces obedience. Obedience flows out of just love. Jesus was so focused on the heart of the Father. I, my son, my three-year-old, Zeke, he's the cutest guy, and he has the funniest sayings. I mean, all of our kids have had funny sayings, cute sayings, but he makes the list just longer than any of them. Just, I don't know how he comes up with some of this stuff, but uh, he just has all this unique way of saying everything, and, and one of them is, Kai come? Kai come? It's like, can I, could I, come? Like anything you're doing, and I mean anything. Like if I'm taking the garbage out, can I come? <laughs> if I'm, you know, uh, going to walk into the garage to get a tool for four seconds, you know, can I come? <laughs> if I'm going to go see a man about a horse, <laughs> That's number two for the layman's. Uh, can I come? Like, you don't want to come for that. If I'm going to go to the store, you know, any of those things. The, the, the big adventures make sense, but, I mean, really, number two? Why? But I think that's why what Jesus meant when he said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. If you love me, you'll, you'll follow my ways. You'll, fall, you'll live in my will. Can I come, God? <laughs> so if, you want, if you're taking any notes, I'm not the best for giving you really clear notes, but number one is love births obedience. Number two is there is food to eat in the will of God. There is fulfillment, there's satisfaction, there's joy, 
There is so much. I'm not going to turn there, but John chapter 4, I love this. Oh, I, I guess I'm a bit of a Book of John fan. I mean, I love the, the whole word, but I just, my, I don't know why. I just sometimes can't get out of there. But in John chapter 4, Jesus, it begins with saying, I love the, the old English, I think in King James says, he must needs, is that right? Is that how it, he must needs to go to Samaria. I'm like, I don't even understand that. But and I told you, it didn't make me smarter, so... <laughs> No, didn't work. But uh, other version says he needed to go through Samaria. In other words, he knew the will of the Father was that he go through Samaria. He was living in the will of God. He gets to the well and he sees a woman and he encounters this woman and he's like, would you give me a drink? And she's like, how is it that you want to drink from this well? You know, ba da ba I'm a Samaritan. And he's like, if you knew who talk, who's talking to you right now, you'd come and you'd drink from me. And I'll give you water. I'll give you something that'll make you never thirst again. And this beautiful encounter changes her life. Revival starts to break out in Samaria. And then Jesus says this interesting thing. This lady's life is just transformed. She's just met Jesus. Her eyes have been opened. Just like these baptisms we saw today. Man, we are so proud of you guys. So excited for you guys. How beautiful. So go be like the woman in Samaria. Because what she did is she runs home and she's like... Jesus did this! Jesus did that! And she starts just telling everyone what Jesus did, and the whole place gets just shook up. Transformed and changed. Revival in Samaria. The Samaritan revival. I saw it on Facebook yesterday. No, I'm just joking. But, uh, and, uh, and so there's this... Right, she's going off. She leaves her water pot because she just met the living water, and she's going back to town to tell everyone what Jesus has just done, and the disciples come up to him like, Jesus, you must be hungry. It's been a long journey. It's been a long day. You just talked to a woman by yourself who's a Samaritan. We don't hang out with them. You better eat some food. And I love Jesus' response. I have food to eat you don't know about. My food is to do the will of him who sent me. Man, if Jesus is feasting on a love relationship with the Father. But there's such fulfillment when we walk in those things that God is leading us, leading us to do. There is joy. There is satisfaction. There is fulfillment. And many times, especially when God asks you to do something that you really don't want to do. I'll tell you, just even in the last week, man, there was a, um, I, I, there was a couple people in my life I haven't thought of in a very, very long time. And the message a couple weeks ago about the golden rule. I'm like, all right, you know, I hope everybody gets this message. You know, <laughs> we do that, right? That's for everybody. I'm good. I hope everybody just repents, you know. And, and then I just hear the Lord going, I want you to call that person. And I'm like, no thanks, you know. Uh, I put it off for a couple days, but um, had a conversation with this person I haven't talked to in over 10 years, and God brought reconciliation. And it's beautiful. This person's not saved. This person does not know the Lord. Has a lifestyle that's very different. And uh, we had a kind of an interesting, you know, colorful past, and... Um, and I believe there was such a witness in that. But as, as, uh, as a son of the Lord, as a son of God, 
as one who said, okay, Father, this is your will. I'm going to walk in it. I tell you what, going into it, I was a little apprehensive. But afterwards, I was feasting on such joy, such fulfillment. And the outcome was of no value to me. Like, I shouldn't say of no value. I want a good outcome. But my focus was not on the outcome. I was just like, God, it's so good to be in you and in your will. What joy, what beauty, what purpose, and what power. I believe there's, there's power in that. Our kids, uh, they're always, you know, you tell them something like, hey, let, we're going to go get ice cream after this. We just have to go to the grocery store. They're going to tell everybody in the grocery store, we're going to go get ice cream after this. Right? They're like, we're going to make sure they hold to their word. Right? But there's something about when you get involved with God's heart and his purpose and what he's up to and what he's doing, you get excited. And you, there's something in you. I mean, when you see these lives transformed, who in the last couple of months, God has turned something upside down and brought what was dead to life, has brought what was in darkness into the light. Man, that's exciting. We get excited about those things. And so being in the will of God is beautiful. It's fulfilling. It's, it's full of joy. There's a unity and there's a bond that we share, number three, in doing the will of God. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I love this, this, this encounter in Mark 3 where the, Jesus is talking and he's teaching and, and in comes, up, up to the place comes Jesus' brothers and his mother. And the people go, oh, oh, Jesus, hold on just a second. Your, your, your mother and your brothers, they're here and they're calling for you. And this was early in his ministry. Most likely they're like, Jesus, you need to quiet down. You are causing a ruckus, right? <laughs> and uh, who knows what, what they were there to do. It doesn't say, but Jesus, his response is amazing. He's like, who, are my who is my brother and my mother? I mean, what a, you would never think that way. Who is my brother? Who is my mother? And he goes on to say, I tell you, he who does the will of God, they are my brother, they are my sister, they are my mother. There is a union we have with the Lord, but also with one another. There's a body element of walking in the will of God, so much to the point that when one of you is walking outside of the will of God, the body feels it. We're impacted by it. But when we are walking in lockstep with the will of God, yes, there's individual Life and flowing in the will of God, but there's also union. There's a corporateness of this is how, where God is taking us as a body. And each of our lives are unique and different, but at the same time, we're also going in the same direction. Whoever does my, the will of the Father is my brother and my mother. I, I think that might have been another line that Jesus might have rehearsed when he was a kid. You know, you know. Jesus, like Joseph comes up, Jesus, I need you to listen to your mother. Who is my mother or my brother? No. Just, I'm just joking. This is where my brain, I don't know how it works like this, but could I ask uh, Vonda to come up and play? Thank you, Lord. The, the fourth one I, I want to just say... Um, if you, could, if you captured notes on this, I'm, I'm proud of you. Um, the first was, love produces obedience. There is food to eat, two, in the will of God. Three, there's unity and bond we share in the will of God. And fourth is that God not only wants to lead us in his will, but also in his ways. 
In Psalm 103, I love this. It, it says, uh, I think it's verse 7. Verse 7, for God revealed his ways to Moses and his acts to the people of Israel or something to that effect. Meaning everyone in Israel, God showed and demonstrated what he does. His deeds, his acts, his power. He parted the Red Sea. He fed the man. Their shoes didn't wear out. They had Nikes that lasted for 40 years. Like they knew the deeds, the acts, what God can do. But Moses, it says God revealed his ways or his heart. His not just what he wants to do, but here's how I want to do it. There's, there's something about that that changes us. Um, I love in Psalm 32, it, he says, I will lead you and I will guide you with my eye. I think of that like, the analogy that comes to mind for me is golf. Many, I know there's a lot of avid golfers in here. Um, I'm joking, but there's a few of you. But when you're golfing and you're trying to see something long in the distance or someone sees something and they're trying to show you something, I've noticed that one of the best ways to show them is to get right behind them and go, can you look that way? And I know some translations say, I'll guide you with my eye upon you. But I love the, the New King James or King James says, with, I will guide you with my eye. It's like he wants to get so close that we would see what he sees. I want you to know my ways, not just my will, but also my ways. Abraham knew the, what God wanted to do, which was to produce an heir of promise. In old age, God told him, I'm going to produce an heir, and it's going to blow your mind. And through your seed, all of the earth, all of the nations of the earth will be blessed. Your seed is going to multiply so great that it's going to be more numerous than the stars in the sky or the sand on the, the seashore. Abraham knew his will, but in the waiting, he decided to do it his own way. And that's where you get the birth of Ishmael. Now God still blessed that to a degree, but it did not Here's the good news. As I believe there's some of you here today, you have wanted to walk in the will of God. And there's some of you, you almost, I feel like today there's an element of shame or uh, weightiness or, or guilt of like, I've, I, I've kind of messed up. And this is the mercy of our God. This is the love of our God. This is the power of our God. This is what the blood of Jesus is for. It's not just, I'm God and I'm in heaven and you must do my will and if you don't, you die. It's, I'm God and I'm perfect and I'm pure and I'm holy. And even though you've made a mistake, here's the truth. I love you so much that I've made a way for you. Even when you've failed, I'm here to redeem what was lost and make all things new. And there's some of you here today, you have spent time in your life where you've got a hold of the idea of what God's will is for your life, and you've struggled because you feel like you've gotten off track, and maybe you tried to do it in your own way. And there's a time right now where God is restoring the reverence for his will, restoring the criticality, but also the fulfillment and the joy of walking in his will. So much so that just like Abraham, who did it his own way, God said, I'm still going to bless what happened there, but I'm not done. Abraham, I'm going to come 
and I'm going to visit you. And you're going to give birth to the promise I've always had over your life. And it's not going to be done your way, Abraham. It's going to be done my way. That's our God. He loves us so much that he wants us to not only know his will, but for us to walk in his ways. Moses was the only one in Israel, I believe, maybe outside of of Joshua, who's just chilling right there by the tent of meeting, who it says God revealed his ways. But through the blood of Jesus, how many know the curtain has been rent? And as, as was preached last week, we are priests and kings. And so we get to know God the way Moses knew God. And even deeper, because we've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and the Holy Spirit lives in us. God is here, and he's doing a work in this time to bring us back to the simplicity of just knowing him. I, am I going to read this? I don't know. We're going to see. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I love this. I read this this morning in in prayer. It just came to me, but um, in Hosea chapter 2, it says, And there I will give her vineyards and make the valley of Achor a door of hope. That word Achor means purging. It means removing. It means cleansing. Realigning. Coming back. Making things right. I will make the valley of Achor, the valley of purging, the valley of getting all the weeds out, a door of hope. And there she, speaking of us, the bride of Christ, shall answer as in the days of her youth and as at that time when they came out of the land of Egypt. And in that day, declares the Lord, you will call me my husband and no longer will you call me my Baal. And the book of Hosea talks so beautifully about this this relationship of the people of God like a bride and God like the groom. And this union that we are to have. And if we come at that with our earthly understanding, that sounds weird. But the Spirit of God is so much greater than ours. That's why we need the will of God because His his ways are so much higher than our ways. But I believe God is here today and He's speaking And he's saying, I want you in my will, not because I want to blast you, because I want to bless you. I want you in my will so that I can release what I want to release in your life. I want you in my will so that I can do what I want to do to your enemies. And how many know we we don't face enemies of flesh and blood, okay? Some of you are like, oh yeah, I want you to get Susan. Um, If there's a Susan here, I'm not just random, I'm just joking. Hopefully you know me. Uh, if you don't know me, let's, let's meet. Um, thank you, Lord. Will you guys stand with me? Are you playing refiner? No? Huh? Oh, it's fine. Whatever you got is good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Actually, can you... As you transition, can you play holy, holy, holy? What you guys did earlier. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, we honor you. And we thank you, Lord, that you are the redeeming God. 
We thank you, Jesus, that you are a God of wonders. You're the God who transforms and changes. We thank you, Lord. God, I thank you that you desire for us to not only know your will, but to know your ways. So much so that when Jesus came to earth, he revealed himself and he said, I am the way. Lord, we honor you and we thank you, Jesus, that you are the way, you are the truth, you are the life. There is no way but through you. There's no way to the Father. There's no way to eternal life. There's no way to the fulfillment that you have for us, but through you, and we thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray that each and every one of us, God, would leave this place touched and transformed by your love. God, that you would do something in us, God, a hunger, a craving, Lord, an obsession for you and for your will. God, that we not be robots, that we not be legalistic, but God, that we be those who have fallen in love with you, have been changed by your love. And so because of that, obedience just flows out of our life. Thank you, Lord. God, I just speak over those, if you're joining online, we just speak blessing over you. We miss you. For those of you who've not been able to join us online, we we just want you to know we love you and we miss you and we stand with you in spirit. Lord, we just speak your blessing over those that have, for whatever reason, not been able to gather with us together. God, we just speak your touch over them, over their home. We, we pray the presence of God would rest in their home. Jesus, we pray for their children, God, that they would know the presence of the Lord in their home. That, God, you would give them peace. You would give them, Lord, your divine grace and fill them with your joy, Lord. We thank you, God, for doing a work, God, and and confronting those things in in our lives, God, that need to be confronted, that we might walk in the fullness of what you have for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So bless you guys online. If For those of you that are not online and those that that are are here, I believe there's there's just a place here for us to respond to him. Whether you've been serving God for all your life or as far as you can tell, all of your Christian life, or if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, if there's something in you that just says, I have not been in this, I've not been in the will of God, I've not been in relationship with him, walking with him, inclining my ear to his voice and submitting my ways to his ways, If that resonates with you and there's just that part of you that says, I know I need to get into the will of God. Even if it's one small part of of your life, God is after the whole you because he gave the whole him on the cross. So if you're here today and you know, I need to respond. I am deciding today. I want to get into the will of God and surrender all that I am to him. I want you to come forward and just stand here and just come now. Come now. If you know you need to respond to the Lord, this is between you and God. The Holy Spirit, he, he, he speaks and he directs our hearts and he says, I will guide you with my eye. There's beauty, there's fulfillment, there's joy, there's life in the will of God. And does it mean that we lay a few things down? Does it mean we sacrifice some things? Does it mean that maybe our own pride sometimes has to die? Absolutely but it's, it pales in comparison to what we have when we walk in Him. Thank you, God.
I love what Jesus said. He said that the, the God of this world is coming, speaking of the devil. He says, but he has no claim on me, no part in me. Let it be said of us that we can with full confidence, with blessed assurance, be able to say, the enemy has no place in my life. There's no place for him. He has no claim on me. Because everything that I am has been given to the King of Kings, and I'm His. And He says, I do the will of of God that the world might know that I love the Father. And so if you know I just need to respond to this today, I want you to come.